Hey, what's up, guys? Zero for Hire podcast. I am your host, Zero for Hire, and I need to check my input volume because, okay, yeah, I'm good. So earlier this week, I tried to put on a wireless microphone, a lav mic, actually, because I wanted to walk and talk without holding my recorder while I was doing something. I got to chill on the multitasking and just record when I'm supposed to. Um, this has been a big week for me. Uh, a lot of good and bad things at the same time happening. So let's just get on to the bigger stuff. Uh, first of all, I am having this weird thing where whenever I go out in public for an extended period of time, like if I'm working uh, a gig or something, I, I'm very good personally at copying my environment as um, mirroring, I should say, mirroring my environment. And the southern drawl is becoming very strong when I speak. Um, it's not right now because I think I've only been at home for a couple, like I've been, I've done nothing. I've only stayed home for the last two days. So the drawl is gone. But I know as soon as I go back out in the public, the drawl comes back. And I sound like I've been living here for 20 years. Um, everybody keeps laughing. Oh, that's funny. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think accents are social. I used to think that it was like a weak mind thing, but no, it's a social courtesy, I believe. Um, and there's some psychological effects to it as well. People tend to trust you more when you talk like them. People can tend to trust you more when they think that you are like them or one of them. And taking on their accent or the way that they speak is very similar to living in the country and just having the courtesy to learn the language and speak it well. When you speak the language well, then you don't stand out so much and people trust you more. So I think that's what's going on. At least that's the, the reasoning I've been able to put behind it for my Southern draw. Um, right now, I've re- reverted back to my normal language, but I, I definitely see it as I, I must be bilingual now. Um, so I, I finished up the work here, uh, working in Branson, and now I'm on layoff for at least the next two weeks. Waiting on unemployment to come in is excruciatingly stressful because I'm just, I just want to pay my bills. I mean, I would love, I definitely need the time off. I love to have relax and have my mind at ease, but not having any sort of income at, at all is really, really stressful. And so... It lets me know that I need to get back on my grind as far as marketing my music and and marketing my photography and all the other things that I've been working on all these years. I'm staying creative. Um, so now that I've been home, the first couple of the first week of me being home, has it been a week already? Feels like it. Uh, no, my Friday was my last day. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe it's only been two days. I don't know, but yeah, it was Wednesday. Wasn't Wednesday like the new year? So it was like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I've been home for a couple of days. It hasn't been quite a week yet, but the first couple of days, my family was just like clamoring for all of my attention. Um, my son really wanted me to play video games with him. And I did. I sat and I played uh, Pokemon with him again. And I haven't played Pokemon in quite a long time, but... It's getting fun. Uh, I got kind of turned off to it because there's this whole like spoiler thing where what a guy I call Professor Midlife Crisis turns out to be like the, one of the main 
people you have to beat at the end. And I was like, screw this game. And I was super mad about it and everything. But I can't be super mad. I want to finish the game. And I want to... I have to start over from scratch. Because my wife is really into Eevees. And has um, trained Eevees to the point that she's breeding Eevees. And she's making like the most powerful versions of all the evolutions. And so she has every version of Eevee. And she hasn't really gotten super wonky yet, I don't think. But she's been training them and breeding them to breed certain ones that make them more powerful in battle. So it's up to me to come up with a team of dog-like Pokemon to fight fight her. Now, I'm not a cat person. I think that if I had gone the cat route, though, I might be able to take her. I do have a decent collection of cats. Mew is a cat. So, you know, Mew being one of them. But I have a... I have had a time, you know, getting my dogs together and it's built on Arcanine and Lycanroc and then I've got a couple more. There's a lot of dark Pokemon in the dog category. It's that's really weird. Um So yeah, that's been what I've been doing and trading Pokemon with my son and, you know, just enjoying my family. So one of the things that I've been doing with Pokemon is I have uh, learned that if you play Pokemon Go, which I've been playing since like 2016, I have Pokemon from 2016. Um, if you play Pokemon Go, you can trade them. So you can send them out to an app called Pokemon Home. And it's on your mobile and it's on the Nintendo Switch as well. So I can trade them over to Pokemon Home and then I turn on the Switch and I move them from Pokemon Home to my game. Well, because I was playing Violet for so long, and then I got Scarlet for Christmas or for my birthday or whatever, now I have Scarlet. So I had to start over from scratch, but I ported all my Pokemon over. And today I made sure I did all of my Pokemon from Violet. Moved them over, been trading with my son, and then I found a trading function on Pokemon Home. And it's just so much fun. So there's something called a Wonder Box where if you put in Pokemon... You randomly get one back. And so you don't know what you're going to get. You might get screwed. You might get something good. It just it depends on who's putting stuff in and who's playing the game. So it's kind of like opening a pack of Pokemon cards. Um, so what I did was I got the premium for $3 because I wanted to move all my Pokemon over without spending hours and hours doing it. And I was like, $3 is worth not having to spend all day doing this. And that opened up 10 slots for me to put in the Wonder Box. So I just decided I'm going to start making some videos. And I don't know if you can do Wonder Box one, once a day or once every few hours or exactly what the rules are. But once I get a, um, a cycle going, I'm going to collect myself a, a few videos of the Wonder Box and just kind of open them like Pokemon packs. And then that gives me, you know, some Pokemon content that I feel cool, good about because I really enjoy opening the, doing that. I put 10 pokemon in the wonder box and then i wait a few hours and i get 10 random ones back and we just check them one at a time to see what we're gonna get it's really fun and i have already put one video on my youtube channel two actually one of me kind of discovering it and then two, one of me actually going through the process how i want to do it and editing the video and everything so if you want to see that video that's cool check that one out um now some of the bad news uh i crashed my car two days ago it snowed 
and I got up early and I made this little video. I was going to record the video and put it online and my day just became overwhelmed with stuff. Um, I was like, I'm going to go get some milk from the store and I got in my car and I was going to go to the post office. That's what it was. I got in my car and we have a very steep hill that we drive up to get to the road. Well, my car wasn't going up the hill. Like it, there, I just, there was no traction. It was too slick and I couldn't get up the hill which is something I'm going to have to keep in mind for the future because uh, there might potentially be some days that I literally can't get out my driveway because it's too icy. And this was the first frost, the first ice of the year. I've been driving in ice and snow my entire life, guys, literally my entire life. And when I pulled out of that driveway, there was this was a totally a whole different level. So I drove up to the top of the hill. And because it was so slick, I had to like get some speed. I barely got to the top of it. I actually thought I was going to start sliding backwards again. I think I actually did start sliding backwards a little bit. So I edged my way over the over the top of the hill so I wasn't sliding anymore. And I hit the brakes so that I wouldn't go backwards. And instead, I started sliding forward. So finally, I got the car to stop after like two or three feet. And I was like, wow, that was really scary. So I start to t very slowly, like I take my foot off the brake and I very slowly start to turn left. And then I start to spin left. And then I start to slide sideways directly into a ditch. Like there was, I've never felt so helpless in my life. There was nothing I could do about it. I got to the top of the hill. I got on the road and, 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 and then the road just took over. And my car slid sideways down the hill into the ditch. Like it, it slid. I started spinning first and I was like, well, I've got to stop. I can't keep sliding. But my car was like, nope, we're going to keep sliding. And then my start, it started to turn. And I was like, well, maybe if I turn the wheel the other way and the car was like, nope, that doesn't work either. And then instead of going forward, my car just started sliding sideways and I just went right into the ditch. So angry, so upset. There was nothing I could do. I never felt that helpless in my life. Uh, the entire thing was like a five mile an hour accident. Like it was barely, it was barely a car crash. I just very slowly and helplessly slid sideways into a ditch. I've never, I've never experienced anything like that my entire life. And then another car coming up the hill did the exact same thing. And I was like, wow, that was like not even 30 seconds. And then there was, um, a, no, no, no. So I, I take that back. He, he wasn't after me. He was before me, but I hadn't seen him, but he was coming out of the ditch is what I noticed. So as I was going into the ditch, he was, he was coming out of the ditch cause he had slid into the ditch too. And then there was a, a mobile home a little further up the road still that had slid to the other side of the road, the same side of the road that I was on and got stuck and he didn't slide in the ditch. Thankfully because that was a much bigger vehicle, but he was stuck. He wasn't getting out. So the issue is my the road in front of my house is a curve that comes around the mountain. So it's a turn and it's going downhill. But the, but the road itself is tilted to the left at about 25, 15, 25 degrees. And so when it's icy, it doesn't matter if you're driving or not. Your car is just going to slide down. It doesn't matter. You can't come around fast because you'll slide off the mountain but if you stop, you'll go the other way and go directly into the ditch. Just like literally nothing you can do if you're on that part of the hill. 
and there's ice. The only thing, there's a truck with a lift kit with four-wheel drive. You ever see those, like, those, um, those pickup trucks, and you're like, why does this truck have to be so big? What is he trying to prove? It was one of those trucks. Four-wheel drive, studs, metal studs in the tires, directly into the ditch. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, I, I thought, well, I'm just a bad driver, or it's my car, or my tires aren't right. Or No, no, no. This car was fully equipped. It looked like he could literally drive up a wall if he wanted to, directly into the ditch. <laughs> I watched I watched the police almost slide off the road. He came, hey, what's going on? Oh, oh and then he lost control. Uh and then a tow truck came down and he he was smart enough not to try and stop. He just kind of like plowed through. He was just like, "Hope I don't kill anyone." And broke up the ice a little bit, and then another truck came and started like spreading salt or gravel or some crap. I came back down the hill and what my my landlord who lives on the land here uh, she gave me the four by four and um, called the farmer next door and he came out with his tractor and he very carefully came up the road and he slid directly into the ditch. But because he was on the tractor, he was able to get out of the ditch and then he was able to pull me out of the ditch. And um, then I parked my car. So he pulled me out of the ditch, and I in, I started sliding to the other side of the road. And I thought I was going to go off the mountain, but I didn't. And I stopped, and I was like, thank God I didn't go off the mountain, but I was on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, well, mate, let me try to back up. And the car was like, nope, we're not backing up. We're going to go sideways. I was like, okay, screw that. So I went forward, and I just got forward enough and, and stayed on the side of the road where I had enough grip. And then I just parked at the farm down the street until it warmed up. It was about 23 degrees, I think, so the ice wasn't letting up until the, the sun came up, and once the sun got up to like 30-something degrees, it started to melt, and there was a salt truck, and everything was fine. So I have to be very, very cautious and very aware of my road. I don't know. It, it could be all of Arkansas is fine, but if this hill by my house is icy, sideways, directly into a ditch. It doesn't matter if you're moving or not. Like, that's exact. That's that's your fate. Um. Uh, yeah, I've never experienced anything like that. Like, cause I was thinking, like, maybe if I had like chains or or studs or something in my wheel, and then the truck with the studs came up, and then he just went into the ditch. It's ridiculous. So that was my afternoon on Saturday, and I was it Friday or Saturday? It was Friday or Saturday. I don't remember. I was so angry, and then I got my car. After the, the ice melted and everything, and I was finally able to go down, and I had to get another propane tank because I'm like, we, we can't risk the power going out, and I don't have any power, so I have a generator attached to my RV, and so we're, we're just preparing in case we need to use that. Hopefully we don't, but I got a propane tank, got the generator, uh, I need to get it gassed up, I'm still running out of money, bills are coming in all at the same, all at once, so it's just a lot of stress, and once unemployment comes in, I can rest. And once my W-2s come in, then I can catch up for real, for real. But I have to wait for those two things or I'm just not going to have money for the next couple weeks. So I go down to the, the, the hill and I realize I threw my wheel out of alignment. So now every 75 feet or so, my car just jerks for no reason. That's not safe. I can't drive faster than 40 miles an hour right now. 
I can't get on the highway because there's a good three inches um, on my steering wheel that just it doesn't matter if I what direction I turn. My wheels are going to do whatever they want to do. So the the wheel alignment is off. I got to get somebody to fix that before I can actually travel again. So I really need really need things fixed. And with all that pressure coming down at the same time, I was also sick and my wife was sick and we're suffering from allergies. But then the cold came in and made it. It was it was just stressful. And I'm just like, you know what? This is literally in God's hands because I thank God that he allowed me to go take care of business on Friday when I was supposed to. No, Thursday when I was supposed to. Um, and what I mean by that is I threw a question out on social media. If you if you suddenly lost your job, what would be the first three things that you would do? And a lot of people said things like uh, they would cancel their subscriptions. Uh, some people said that they would reach out to their network. Uh, some people said they would pray. Um, some people said they would pray. Like I didn't get a lot of answers. I think I got like three or four answers. So my social media reach is just dookie. But... The first thing I th- I would do, I-, I think you should do, is you should do inventory check on your resources. So if I have an RV with a built-in generator, that means I need to make sure it has gas. Right now I don't have gas, that's not good. I also run off propane, so I went and made sure I had propane. And a spare tank, because we might we might be without power for a while. Um... So do an inventory check on your resources. See if you have what you need to take care of yourself for the next two weeks or so. Then, 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 on top of that, what? And it's in time. This is a timely fashion situation. You need to immediately find out where the food banks are in your area, because if you're working a job, I'm assuming you're not on welfare. You don't. You never had to ask for food. You never had to beg people. You don't know where to go. So you're going to go on Google. You're going to find out where your local food banks are. And then you have to find out what days you need to be there and on what time. Get your paperwork if you need ID or bill or whatever you need to have. Then go to the food bank. Fill up on your groceries because you cannot afford to use your money to buy groceries right now. You don't have any income coming in. So food is way too expensive. Just go to a food bank, fill up your groceries that way. Then use the money that you have to pay off the most important immediate bills that you have. So like gas, electricity, car insurance. Make sure you have the things that you need in order to extend the time that you can gather resources if you can. Um, I'm a little upset because I'm getting ready to pay car insurance and my car's broken. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. But you don't want to, you know, not pay your car insurance and not be able to drive anywhere. So the the reason I say the food the food pantry thing though, is has to be one of the first things you take care of because let's say I got I lose my job and then I get a new job today, you could potentially be in a situation where you don't get paid for three weeks, because most jobs pay every other week. Now, if you're lucky and you get one of those jobs that pay weekly, you're still looking at a week and a half to two weeks before you have any income. And so if you don't have food, then that's a week with no food. You can't do that. Go to the food bank, fill up on food. That way you don't have to stress about it. 
The next thing you do is definitely reach out to your network. If you know people who know people, let them know what your needs are. If So me, I have a higher date coming. And it's in less than three weeks to a month. So I'm not going to stress out about, you know, I got to get a job now. Because, like, again, if I start working right now, it's still going to be three weeks before I get paid. What I need, personally, is my unemployment to be cycled in. So once that kicks in, then that takes care of that. And then I can rest a little bit. If you have unemployment, definitely get that cycled in or whatever other resources you have where you can get some sort of income. If you have, uh, um, <clears throat> what is it, passive income, tap into those sources. A lot of times when you have passive income, you sell books or ebooks or music or paintings or whatever it is you sell, and that money goes to a separate account, and you're not living on that because you're also working on the side. Now that you're not working, that, that side hustle money is going to be important for you to start gathering and using to kind of get you through the hard time. So again, inventory check on your resources. So you can pay your bills, get your gas, get your propane, get the tools that you need in order to succeed. If you have to gather firewood, if you have to, you know, harvest your 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 garden or whatever it is that you have, get, take an inventory check and see what resources you have that are available right now. And if you can fill up on anything that you need immediately, do that. So that's, again, resources, but also bills, the, those priority bills, those tools or those payments that you need to make. Um, and then you want to go to the food bank, fill up your fridge that way. Then you want to check in with your network. Then you want to check your passive income. And then also you want to cancel any monthly subscriptions. Again, this is why I am such a huge advocate for paying for things yearly. If you have a vice like Netflix, like Amazon Prime, you know this is a thing that you're into. Freaking buy a year subscription. Don't rely on month because monthly is so unstable. I don't care if it's Amazon, Netflix, uh, Crunchyroll, we have a Crunchyroll subscription that we have a year's worth because when we had the money, we just bought a year's worth subscription. Um, I have to rein that in on a couple of things like like a Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom. I don't know if we paid for the year, but I need to check. Um, I'm not sure about my Amazon Prime, so I need to check on that one as well. Uh, you also need to make sure you're paying like your phone bill for the year. If you can do that, if you can afford to pay your phone bill for the year, do that. Um, when I got my phone for me and my wife, I paid $300 for her phone and I paid $79 for my flip phone. And then I paid for a year. So I paid about $400 in total, but I was paying for a year's service on a $79 phone that is an Android that has wi uh, a Wi-Fi hotspot. So I can still use my tablet using the hotspot from my phone. That's how I get through rough stuff like that. Paying by the year. It's going to be, you're going to thank yourself in the end because if you ever fall on hard times, you don't have income or you're laid off or whatever, you break your leg, you get, you're not going to be able to work for whatever because you crash your car, you slid sideways into a ditch. Like It doesn't matter what happens. You still have some things like I have, thank God, internet and you know, some of these services for the kids to tap into 
and they can watch their movies and they can keep entertained, keep themselves entertained. They're not driving us crazy. My wife's not stressing out completely. It's something to be grateful for. Well, we figure these things out while we wait on the Lord. So Monday's coming and I have to do, again, inventory check on some of the resources. I got to check up on these W-2s. I got to call these places and find out, have you sent it out yet? Can I get it online? I just need a check stub, anything like that. And then I can at least get like a a, a payday loan from H&R Block. Not a payday loan, but the um, they do this like $1,000 loan from your taxes. It's like a lien on your taxes. And that would definitely help out during this time. I mean, granted, I need about $2,000 a month to really live comfortably, but I think we could skate by on 1000 So that's going to help us out. Um, not to talk too much about my money troubles, but like this, we knew this was coming. It's just that when the dog got sick and his head swelled up uh, and then we had to rush him to the emergency vet on a holiday weekend, that was like a... $350 bill and then there was medicine and then I had to feed everybody that whole day twice and when you eat out it's a lot so that was about a $450 trip in itself and then there was follow up visits so that whole ordeal with the dog cost about $700 because he got a weird ear infection and his head swelled up and it looked like his eyeball was going to swell up and then his eardrum popped it did pop and we had to have that drained. It was just, it's just sad, dude. Like we, we've had this dog for years. We raised him from a puppy. He's a part of the family. He's obedient. He's always been a good dog. And then he just like his head explodes one day for no reason. It's just it's bizarre and weird and sad. So, anyways, that's all that stuff that's updating for me. So let's get out of the bad news and skip to a little bit of good news here. So I did get my character turnarounds for the comic book that I'm working on. Uh, I can't draw. And after this experience, I think I might have to start trying to learn how to draw uh, because I've learned that unless you're working with a like a creative genius, then you have to work within a certain format and within boundaries. And let me explain it a little bit. So you can have a really, really talented artist who's good at what he does, but you still have to give him direction. And for some artists, and probably for most artists, I would think, I I talked to somebody um, about this, if you don't give the artist direction, you give them too much freedom, they can freeze up and kind of freak out. And they just can't complete their work. It's like analysis paralysis or something. And I've experienced this in music, so I, I can definitely see this being a problem with the art world. Um, what I did was I took a script and I gave it to my artist and I wanted him to draw the book based on the script, except that meant I was supposed to break down panels and angles and actions per panel. And it got so in depth at one point that I was like, well, I might as well do the thumbnails myself, but then using the software that I was looking at, I was like, there's no way I can do this. Um, I would have to invest in a pad and really think this through to to draw out the thumbnails myself. And so it's just like, the problem is I wanted to delegate this to someone else 
because I don't have time to really sit down and plan out panel by panel this book that I'm trying to write. But I think that might be one of the only ways I can get it done. So whether I'm working with a talented artist or not, that that type of formatting is probably going to be necessary. And I got to figure out how to get through this. Now, I could use this time where I'm laid off maybe to sit down and I will try after I get my business taken care of that I could sit with a notebook and try to figure out like how to write it out in panels or thumbnail it or what what my best method's going to be because I haven't really been drawing like that. That's not visually what I do. But if I approach it like a film, like a director, I really think I should be able to do something. So that's what I'm hoping that I can get those ideas down. And having the character turnarounds done, which means I can hire other artists to do variant covers and to do, you know, inspired art in, in, in their own interpretation or whatever. They have the they have the characters and they know what they're supposed to look like and they can interpret it how they will. So that's something I think I'm going to work on this spring. This definitely slows down the process of the comic book, but I mean... If, if you have, whether you have analysis paralysis or you have like personal issues going on or, you know, we all got day jobs and stuff or like I didn't know I was going to crash my car. So that slows things down for me. Can, things like hap, things like this happen for people. And so I need to, I guess, learn this new step, which is. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be like 45 pages of edits, <laughs> you know, deep edits. So I got to learn that uh, I, there's a word, there's a word format for it where it's like panel one, this is what's happening. Panel two, this is what's happening. And then there's the thumbnail process where you actually kind of draw it out. I need to figure out where in between that whole process is my sweet spot so that I can convey that to the artist so that they don't have to think about, well, what's he doing here and what's he, what's this supposed to be and blah, blah, blah. No, I need to just, it, it's supposed to all be planned out to, to that degree. Um, And I don't think, again, like I said, unless you're working with some sort of creative genius, in which case, why would that person work with me? You know, they're they're probably out making their own comic or whatever. Like, it would suck. Oh, my God. It would suck so bad to be a creative genius who can write a comic to that degree and then not be able to write their own comic or story or whatever. Like, that would suck. So, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Um... So yeah, that's that's what's going on with the comic strip. I did upload them to the Substack page for everybody to see because I'm going to send that out for commissions and things and see if we can get some buzz generated. I got some other ideas I want to work toward too as well. So that's that was a big step in the right direction. Um, I think that gets me caught up with updates. It's everything that I've wanted to talk about this week. Uh, I was going to talk about some political stuff in a different video but I'm not real sure if I want to I've been watching a lot of commentary videos and some of them are really good deep truther type analysis and then some of it is just anti-SJW rage bait crap where even though I agree with them I don't want to be just like angry and pissed off all the time I, I want a solution I want insight I don't want somebody to just be like, oh, this sucks. Uh. So that's not that's not interest to me. And that's why I said I think I had to step away from politics, even though I have been following a lot of stories 
in-depth, and I have a lot of insight on these stories. I think I will best be able to use my talents on... in, in Okay, so we have the 520 Collective show. We're doing a Monday night show, 7, 8 Eastern Time. 7 Central, 8 Eastern Time. And it's about an hour show where we will talk about the news stories of the week from Christian culture. And that's what I think I need to focus on, the Christian culture aspect of it. Um, the, the political races, that stuff does interest me. Uh, especially with there being a civil war just brewing more and more right now. We're already in it. But looking at the Christian culture, reporting on that, um, getting together with other people in that space and building and working with that community, that's going to help me out the most. So I am not going to be working on Millennial Reign anymore. Uh, I just don't have the time or the, the resources to upkeep that the way I want to. Especially doing the format of the show this way. It's a, it was a good run, but that's a, maybe a project for a different time in my life. This is not the time. Uh, but I will be doing the 520 Collective show on Mondays, 7 Central, 8 Eastern Time. So if I would love to have you guys join us. It's going to be on YouTube. Just join us on 520 Collective um, YouTube channel. And um, other than that, I got to go. It's late. I just really been wanting to come out and podcast and I hadn't been able to in a very long time. So thanks for listening. And I will talk to you guys either later this week or next week with another update. Peace.